0: BestBookBits.com presents The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene, published back in 2001 and weighing in at 468 pages. When raised to the level of art, seduction, an indirect and subtle form of power, has toppled empires, won elections, and enslaved great minds. Discover who you or your pursuer most resembles. Immerse yourself in the 24 maneuvers and strategies of the seductive process the ritual by which a seducer gains mastery over his target, understand how to choose the right victim, appear to be an object of desire, and confuse desire and reality. Every bit as essential as the 48 Laws of Power, the art of seduction is an indispensable primer of persuasion that reveals one of history's greatest weapons and the ultimate form of power. The written summary can be found on our website, bestbookbits.com. So without further ado, I bring you the book summary of The Art of Seduction lessons seduction is a game of psychology not beauty and it is within the grasp of any person to become a master at the game all that is required is that you look at the world differently through the eyes of a seducer what will seduce a person is the effort we expend on their behalf showing how much we care how much they are worth seducers take pleasure in performing and are not weighed down by their identity or by the need to be themselves or to be natural. Every seduction has two elements that you must analyze and understand. First, yourself and what is seductive about you. And second, your target, the actions that will penetrate their defenses and create surrender. The seducive character. Successful seduction starts with who you are and the type of seductive energy you express. It requires creating yourself or refining yourself in one of the seducer categories. Sirens have an abundance of sexual energy and know how to use it. They lure in their targets like the sirens of Odysseus, through their image and teasers, crafting the perfect seductive pose for their target. Rakes insatiably adore the opposite sex, and their desire is infectious. Unlike the normal, cautious male, the rake is delightfully unrestrained, a slave to his love of women. There is the added lure of his reputation. So many women have succumbed to him. There has to be a reason. Remember, it is the form that matters, not the content. The less your target focuses on what you say the, and the more on how it makes them feel, the more seductive your effect. Give your words a lofty, spiritual, literary flavor, the better to insinuate desire in your unwitting victims. To play the rake, the most obvious requirement is the ability to let yourself go. To draw a woman into the kind of purely sensual moment in which past and future lose meaning. You must be able to abandon yourself to the moment. If no obstacle face you, you must create them. Seduction requires obstacle. Seduction requires obstacle. Ideal lovers have an aesthetic sensibility that they apply to romance. Casanova was perhaps the most successful seducer in history. Few women could resist him. His method was simple. On meeting a woman, he would study her, go along with her moods, find out what was missing in her life, and provide it. He made himself the ideal lover. But appeal to their better selves, to a higher standard of beauty, and they will hardly notice that they have been seduced. Make them feel elevated, lofty, spiritual, and your power over them will be limitless. Taylor ran simply held up a mirror to Napoleon and let him glimpse that the possibility. People are always vulnerable to insinuations like this, which stroke their vanity almost everyone's weak spot. Hint at something for them to aspire to, reveal your faith in some untapped potential you see in them, and you will soon have them eating out of your hand. Danties like to play with their image, creating a striking and androgynous allure. Most of us feel trapped within the limited roles that the world expects us to play. We are instantly attracted to those who move more fluid, more ambiguous than we are. Those who create their own persona. Dandies excite us because they cannot be categorized and hint at a freedom we want for ourselves. Dandies seduce socially as well as sexually. Groups form around them, their style is widely imitated, an entire court or crown will fall in love with them. In adopting the dandy character for your own purposes, remember that the dandy is by nature a rare and beautiful flower. To be different in ways that are both striking and aesthetic, never vulgar. Poke fun at current trends and styles. Go in a novel direction and be supremely uninterested in what anyone else is doing. Most people are insecure. They will wonder what you are up to and slowly they will come to admire and imitate you because you express yourself with total confidence naturals are spontaneous and open corkettes are self-sufficient with a fascinating cool at their core corkettes seem totally self-sufficient they do not need you they seem to say and their narcissism proves devilishly attractive people are inherently perverse and easy conquest has a lower value than a difficult one we are only really excited by what is denied us, by what we cannot possess in full. Your greatest power in seduction is your ability to turn away, to make others come after you, delaying their satisfaction. To understand the peculiar power of the corquette, you must first understand a critical property of love and desire. The more obviously you pursue a person, the more likely you are to chase them away. Self-esteem is critical in seduction. Your attitude toward yourself is read by the other person in subtle and unconscious ways. Low self-esteem repels. Confidence and self-sufficiency attract. The less you seem to need other people, the more likely others will be drawn to you. Charmers want and know how to please. They are social creatures. Charmers do not argue or fight, complain or pester. What could be more seductive? First, they don't talk too much about themselves, which heightens their mystery and disguises their limitations. Second, they seem to be interested in us, and their interest is so delightfully focused that we relax and open up to them. Finally, charmers are pleasant to be around. They have none of the most ugly qualities, nagging, complaining, self-assertion. Charismatics have an unusual confidence in themselves. Learn to create the charismatic illusion by radiating intensely while remaining detached. Creating the air of charisma. Purpose. If people believe you have a plan, they know where you are going. They will follow you instinctively. The direction does not matter. Pick a cause, an ideal, a vision, and show that you will not sway from your goal. Mystery. Mystery lies at the charisma's heart, but is a peculiar kind of mystery, a mystery expressed by contradiction, by having conflicting traits. Saintlessness. Most of us must compromise constantly to survive. Saints do not. They must live out their ideals without caring about the consequences. The saintly effects bestows charisma. Eloquence. A charismatic relies on the power of words. Theoretically. A charismatic is larger than life, has extra presence. Uninhibitedness. Most people are repressed and have a little access to to their unconscious, a problem that creates opportunities for the charismatic, who can become a kind of screen on which others project their secret fantasies and longings. Fervency. You need to believe in something and to believe in it strong enough for it to animate all your gestures and make your eyes light up. Vulnerability. Charismatics display a need for love and affection. Adventurous. Charismatics are unconventional. Magnetism. If any physical attribute is critical in seduction, it is the eyes. It is the eyes. They reveal excitement, tension, detachment without a word being spoken. People do not want to hear what your power comes from years of effort or discipline. They prefer to think that it comes from your personality, your character, something you were born with. Stars are ethereal and envelop themselves in mystery. People are hopelessly susceptible to myth. So make yourself the hero of a great drama and keep your distance. Let people identify with you without being able to touch you. They can only watch and dream. First, you must have such a large presence that you can fill your target's mind the way a close-up fills a screen. Second, cultivate a blank, mysterious face, the center that radiates starness. The anti-seducer, those who repel anti-seducers come in many shapes and kinds, but almost all of them share a single attribute, the source of their repellence, insecurity. It is critical to recognize anti-seductive qualities not only in others, but also in ourselves. Almost all of us have one or two of these anti-seducers qualities latent in our character. And to, to the extent that we can consciously root them out, we become more seductive. The brute Who has no patience. Who wants to skip the seduction. Who offends with egotism. The suffocator. Those who cling incessantly to you. Love you before you know who they are. Or who make themselves a doormat to you in their obsession. The moralizer. Who wants you to bend to their standard. The tightwood. Cheapness displays more insecurity beyond money. The bumbler. The awkward speaker. Who makes others feel awkward too. The windbag who won't shut up. The Reactor, who is terrified to have their ego damaged. The Vulgarin, who ignores the rules of the game, presents a garish image, does not play the game, and yet expects to win. It is rather because wordless communication through clothes, gestures, actions, is the most pleasurable, exciting, and seductive form of language. The 18 Types of Seducer Victims Never try to seduce your own type. People are constantly giving out signals of what they lack. You have to tune into those signals and interpret their type based on them. Number one, the reformed rake or siren. They desperately long to escape whatever corralled them in. What is preventing them from being their normal, freely sexual self? Number two, the disappointed dreamer. They long for adventure, but are stuck in a boring lifestyle. And number three, the pampered royal. They long to be swept off their feet by a prince charming and let them live out their fantasy of being pampered and treated like royalty. Number four, the new prude. Excessively concerned with their outward appearance. Underneath they want to release, but they fear judgment. They must feel like they're sharing some secret with you. Number five, the crushed star. No longer the center of attention. They long to have that sense of being adored back. Number six, the novi. They want to at least feel that they're somewhat young too, but are also excited by the possibility of being introduced to a new, darker world. And number seven, the Conqueror. You must give them an obstacle to overcome, a mission, a goal. And number eight, the Exotic Fetishist. They want novelty, new experiences, things on the edge. You must position yourself as something Exotic And number nine, the drama queen. They long for drama in their lives, so you'll need to help create it in order to keep them wrapped. Number ten, the professor. They analyze and think deeply about everything, but long to be overwhelmed by a more free spirit who can help them release their mental barrier. Number eleven, the beauty. Used to be appreciated. You must focus on the less complimented features like her intellect or wit. And number twelve, the aging baby. Still immature and wanting a supportive parent, you must enable their childish desires while still occasionally ruling them in. And number 13, the rescuer. They long to feel like they're saving someone from themselves. You must make them feel that they can save you from something and they will become obsessed. Let her be your maternal protector. And number 14, the roué. Experienced in life, they desire to educate someone more naive. And 15, the idol worshipper. You must become their object of worship that provides the meaning in life that they seek. And number 16, the sensualist. Driven by their senses, you must overwhelm their sight, smell, and touch to fully draw them in. And 17, the lonely leader. Act as their equal or superior, the kind of relationship they really have. And 18, the floating gender. Float with them. Seduction phase 1. Separation. Stirring interest and desire number one choosing the right victim the right victims are those for whom you can fill a void who see in you something exotic to leave people who are inaccessible to you alone is a wise path you cannot seduce everyone never rush into waiting arms as the person who seems to like you that is not seduction but insecurity people who are outwardly distant or shy are often Better targets than extroverts. They are dying to be drawn out and still water runs deep. On the other hand, you should generally avoid people who are preoccupied with business or work. Seduction demands attention. Seduction demands attention. And busy people have a little space in their minds for you to occupy. Number two, creating a false sense of security. Approach indirectly. Once you have chosen the right victim, you must get his or her attention and stir desire to move from friendship to love can win success without calling attention to itself as a maneuver first your friendly conversation with your target will bring you valuable information about their characters their taste their weaknesses the childhood units that govern their adult behavior second by spending time with your targets you can make them comfortable with you then surprise their expectations with an inherent touch or suggestion make them now interested There is nothing more effective in seduction than making the seducer think that they are the ones doing the seducing. The first move to master is simple. Once you have chosen the right person, you must make the target come to you. You must make the target come to you. Too much attention early on will actually just suggest insecurity and raise doubts as to your motives. Worst of all, it gives your targets no room for imagination. Take a step back, let the thoughts you are provoking come to them, as if they were their own. In all arenas of life, you should never give the impression that you are angling for something. That will raise a resistance that you will never lower. Learn to approach people from the side. And number three, send mixed signals. What is obvious and striking may attract their attention at first, but that attention is often short-lived. In the long run, ambiguity is more potent most of us are much too obvious instead be hard to figure out to deepen their interest you must hint at a complexity that cannot be grasped in a week or two if you have a sweet face and an innocent air let out hints of something darker even vulgarly cruel in your character and number four appear to be an object of desire create triangles You see, a man alone who no one talks to for any length of time and who is wandering around without company, isn't there a kind of self-fulfilling isolation about him? Why is he alone? Why is he avoided? There has to be a reason. When people's vanity is at risk, you can make them do whatever you want. According to Stendhal, if there is a woman you are interested in, pay attention to her sister. That will stir a triangular desire. Men who believe that a rakish reputation will make women fear or distrust them and should be played down are quite wrong. On the contrary, it makes them more attractive. Number five, create a need, stir anxiety and discontent. People are always susceptible to being seduced because in fact everyone lacks a sense of completeness. Feel something missing deep inside. Bring their doubts and anxieties to the surface and they can be led and lured to follow you. Make people anxious about the future. Make them depressed. Make them question their identity. Make them sense the boredom that gaunts at their life. The ground is prepared. The seeds of seduction can be sown. Number six, master the art of insinuation. There is no known defense, however, against insinuation. The art of planning ideas in people's minds by dropping elusive hints that take root days later. Even appearing to them as their own idea make everything suggestive and number 7 enter their spirit play by their rules enjoy what they enjoy adopt yourself to their moods in doing so you will stroke their deep-rooted narcissism and lower their defenses and number 8 create temptation as a serpent tempted eve with the promise of the forbidden knowledge you must awaken a desire in your targets that they cannot control Find that weakness of theirs, that fantasy that has yet to be realized, and hint that you can lead them toward it. Find that childhood insecurity, that lack in their life, and you hold the key to tempting them. Their weakness may be greed, vanity, boredom, some deeply repressed desire, a hunger for forbidden fruit. They signal it in little details that elude their conscious control, their style of clothing, an offhand comment. Phase two, lead astray, creating pleasure and confusion. Number one, keep them in suspense. What comes next? Behave in a way that leaves them wondering, what are you up to? Doing something they do not expect from you will give them a delight sense of spontaneity. They will not be able to foresee what comes next. There are all kinds of calculated surprises you can spring on your victims. Sending a letter from out of the blue, showing up unexpectedly taking them to a place they've never been. But best of all, are surprises that reveal something new about your character. Reliability is fine for drawing people in, but stay reliable and you stay a bore. Dogs are reliable. A seducer is not. And number two, use the demonic power of words to sow confusion. Inflame people's emotion with loaded phrases. Flatter them, comfort their insecurities, envelop them in fantasies, sweet words and promises, and not only will they listen to you, they will lose their will to resist you. A woman was beautiful, yet lacked confidence in her own wit and intelligence. He made sure to say that he was bewitched, not by her beauty, but by her mind. And number three, pay attention to detail. And number four, poeticize your presence. You can be dangerous, naughty, even somewhat vulgar, depending on the taste of your victim. But never be ordinary or limited. In poetry, as opposed to reality, anything is possible. The only thing that cannot be idolized is mediocrity. But there is nothing seductive about mediocrity. There is no possible way to seduce without creating some kind of fantasy and poetization. Number five, disarm through strategic weakness and vulnerability. The best way to cover your tracks is to make the other person feel superior and stronger. If you seem to be weak, vulnerable... Enthralled by the other person and unable to control yourself, you will make your actions look more natural, less calculated. Remember, what is natural to your character is inherently seductive. A person's vulnerability, what they seem to be unable to control, is often what is the most seductive about them. A woman, for instance, may be attracted to a man's strength and self-confidence, but too much of it can create fear, seeming unnatural, even ugly. And number six, confuse desire and reality, the perfect illusion. Your task as a seducer is to bring some flesh and blood into someone's fantasy life by embodying a fantasy figure or creating a scenario resembling that person's dreams. And number seven, isolate the victim. Separate them from their environment physically, emotionally, and mentally so they can become further engrossed with you. Phase three, the precipice. Deepening the effect through extreme measures. Number one, prove yourself. Do not worry about looking foolish or making a mistake. Any kind of deed that is self sacrificing and for your target's sake will so overwhelm their emotions they won't notice anything else. Cleverly lead your victim into a crisis, a moment of danger, or indirectly put them in an uncomfortable position, and you can play the rescuer, the gallant knight. Number two, affect a regression. Number three, stir up the trans aggression and taboo. Making your targets feel that you will leading them past either kind of limit is immensely seductive. People yearn to explore their darker side. People yearn to explore their dark side. But we are strange animals. The moment any kind of limit is imposed, physically or psychologically, we are instantly curious. A part of us wants to go beyond that limit, to explore what is forbidden. The most blatant way to do this is to engage in behavior that gives you a dark and forbidden aura. Theoretically, you are someone to avoid. In fact, you are too seductive to resist. And number four, use spiritual lures. Everyone has doubts and insecurities. Everyone has doubts and insecurities about their body, their self-worth, their sexuality. If your seduction appeals exclusively to the physical, you will stir up these doubts and make your target self-conscious. Instead, lure them out of their insecurities by making them focus on something sublime and spiritual, a religious experience, a lofty work of art, the occult. And number five, mix pleasure with pain. Lure them in with focused attention, then change direction, appearing suddenly uninterested. Make them feel guilty and insecure. Even instigate a breakup, subjecting them to an emptiness and pain that will give you room to maneuver. Your seduction should never follow a simple course upward toward pleasure and harmony. The climax will come too soon, and the pleasure will be weak. What makes us intensely appreciate something is previous suffering. What makes us intensely appreciate something is previous suffering. Without tension, without anxiety and suspense, there can be no feeling of release, or of true pleasure and joy. It is your task to create that tension in the target, to stimulate feelings of anxiety to lead them to and from, so that the accumulation of the seduction has real weight and intensity. So rid yourself of your nasty habit of avoiding conflict, which is in any case unnatural. You are most often nice, not out of your own inner goodness, but out of the fear of displeasing, out of insecurity. Phase four, move in for the kill. Number one, give them space to fall. The pursuer is pursued. Stir the pot by seeming interested in someone else. Make none of this explicit. Let them only sense it and their imagination will do the rest. Creating the doubt you desire. Understand, a person's willpower is directly linked to their libido, their erotic desire. When your victims are passively waiting for you, their erotic level is low. When they turn pursuer, getting involved in the process, brimming with tension and anxiety, their temperature is raised. Number two, Use physical lures. While you cool, nonchalant air is calming their minds and lowering their inhibitions, your glances, voices, and bearings, oozing sex and desire, getting under their skin, agitating their senses, and raising their temperature. Second, be alert to the signs of physical excitation, blushing, trembling of the voice, tears, unusually forceful laughter, relaxing movements of the body, any kind of involuntary mirroring. Their gestures imitating yours a revealing slip of the tongue. These are signs that the victim is slipping into the moment and pressure is to be applied. And number three, master the art of the bold move. One person must go on the offense and it is you. And number four, be aware of the after effects. Stir the pot even if it means a return to inflicting pain and pulling back. Never rely on your physical charms. Even beauty loses its appeal with repeated exposure. Only strategy and effort will fight off inertia. Maintain your mystery and lightness. Avoid the slow burnout. Once you feel disenchanted and know it is over, end it quickly without apology. Once you are truly disenchanted, there is no going back. So don't hang on to the false pity. It is more compassionate to make a clean break if that seems inappropriate or too ugly than deliberately disenchanted the victim with anti-seductive behavior. And that's a wrap on The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. Subscribe to our channel and take a look at the hundreds of book summaries uploaded previously. To find hundreds of written summaries, check out our website bestbookbits.com and for hundreds of audio podcast summaries, find us on mixcloud.com forward slash bestbookbits. Like and share if you got something from your summary and comment on what one thing stood out for you. Thanks for watching and have yourself an amazing day. Take care.